bringing it home with Sarah and Tanil. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Tanil. How are you? March is here, so I'm doing pretty well. Today's March the 1st. March the 1st. <laughs> it's here. Right. And this is kind of a a, t a great time to talk about um, early literacy. Are you you love to read, don't I you? Do. Yes. I always have a book or, or two going. <laughs> or three. Yes. You know, I read a lot from childhood. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this early literacy is exciting to me. I love to read. Um, my kids like to read. so Oh, that's a blessing. Yes. <laughs> we don't have that experience in my house. <laughs> no, my son's favorite thing to do on a weekend, like, can we go to the bookstore? I love it. I love it. <laughs> so... It's a, it's a fun thing. It's something my whole family likes to do. Uh, a lot of people have heard of Read Across America. Yeah. You know, and traditionally, there's a Read Across America week celebrated, but they've transitioned that into just a whole year-long uh, push to get people reading. So, basically, just read. You don't have to yes. wait till a certain week, right? <laughs> right. Okay, good. Yes, just to get people reading more, and as we're going to talk to our guest here why that is so important. Okay, let's do it. Yes. So, guys, we've got a, a special guest with us today, Dr. Matt Devereaux. Um, he is a professor and human development specialist with UT Extension. So, Matt, we're so glad to have you. Yay, we love Matt. <laughs> and I'm, I'm happy to be here. Very excited to talk about this. And I know you're excited about Read Across America week slash year. Yes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, I mentioned early literacy, and that may be a term people are not all familiar with. Yeah, that was so, pretty heavy. Yes. <laughs> so, Matt, can you start us off today by just defining what early literacy is? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, lots of times when we think about literacy, traditionally, the first thing we think of is just reading the words off a page or, or writing words onto a page. And it's really much, much more than that. And it, you know, it, it involves um, communication and an understanding language. And this all starts at birth. You know, we are we are learning about literacy from the day we are born. And you know, there's one example I like to use to help to to, to define this. And 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 that's how children <laughs> learn through symbols. Um, and this is an example of early literacy. And and it's much more than reading and writing. And you know, learning through symbols is one of the core foundations of how we learn to read. So the example I like to use is, you know, before children can read, we as parents sometimes will be tricked into thinking our toddler or young preschooler can read when you're like riding down, driving down the road and and all of a sudden, your young child will say, look, mommy, McDonald's. Or, <laughs> That's one of the first ones. <laughs> yes. Yep. They'll, they'll shout out ice cream or Chuck E. Cheese. And you're immediately thinking, oh, my gosh, how do they know that? They're I mean, a genius. I'm raising a genius. You get excited. <laughs> and you're thinking, you know, because the word McDonald's is there, the word ice cream is there. But what they're doing is they're associating symbols Mm. with with what that is so they see the golden arches uh -huh. and they they see an ice cream cone on the sign or they see Chuck E. Cheese's face oh. and they begin and that's just the beginning of the foundation of actually putting your eyes to a book and reading a word wow that's so cool but you know now that you mentioned that when my son was in pre-k I remember he would come home with assignments and the teacher would say get out a magazine and, and have them cut out things they recognize mm -hmm. and tell you about it. So that's exactly what 
what You're exactly right. Is. Well, now, do you have any tips that can help parents or caregivers to promote reading to babies and toddlers? I mean, that seems so young, but we know that we've got to get started young in order to raise readers. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you can't start too early uh, from literally from the day they're born. So, you know, you know, with babies and, and let's define that, you know, what it, what is a baby or an infant? And we typically think of that as birth to 12 months of age. And the key with that age group is, you know, is to you can have books in your home and in their room and typically they're small hard book cardboard car card can't speak today guys <laughs> <laughs> cardboard books and those are typically very tactile mm -hmm. and have like you know soft things on them and, and you know um just a lot of cool things inside them they may have a word on each page um but what that's teaching infants is the importance of just having books in your house and they need to become familiar with what a book is even if they don't know what its purpose is yet and so in learning to turn pages it's part of you know the physical de development or small motor development man so you know you can try to read but we have to remember that um <laughs> babies that young have extremely short ex ex uh, attention <laughs> right. spans right <laughs> So here's another example of what literacy is that you don't normally think about. So with infants, it's really important that um, you're just communicating to them on a daily basis as much as you can about things around them. Like, you know, when you're changing their diaper, it's like, you know, describing the mobile that might be a, a, above them or the pictures on the wall or if you're going around in a stroller, you know, look, the grass is green or look at this bug. Remember that part of learning to read is understanding language. So talk, 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 and describe, 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 describe with infants. Now, when it comes to like toddlers, you know, you can do different things like creating a, a, a reading area in their mm -hmm. bedroom um, that's, you know, soft with pillows, but they know that's where the books are. And you can put little versions of this throughout your home. It doesn't just have to be in their bedroom. Another thing you need to do is you need to model the behavior as an adult. Uh, just like with the nutrition and everything else, we've got to model the reading. Right. That's right. Even if you hate reading, just pull that book out and pretend like you're <laughs> just hold it. Just hold it up. <laughs> so, you know, set an example and um and um and another thing is you, you want to teach kids even at a young age that books are a resource. So, for example, let's say uh, your toddler's or preschooler's grandmother or grandfather passed. Well, there's books out there for their age level that teach them about losing a, a grandparent, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. about grieving. And that goes for all the other different types of life issues that mm -hmm. they may have. And, yeah. um, visit your local library and... Um, and of course that should be obvious but they need to know what a library is it's it's uh, uh, uh i don't know if people do that much anymore with technology but it is a, a place they should know about yeah. and familiar my kids with love going to the library yeah. <laughs> oh when they got their first library card i mean it was huge so that was know? an event for you yes, guys they love so it. just to make sure i understand even if the baby is putting the the book in their mouths <laughs> 
don't take it away and say, no, bad. Don't do that. It's part of the experience to touch the book and hold the book and interact with the book. Absolutely. Don't don't do things as a parent that will discourage them to become interested in that. You know, they're cardboard cardboard books for a reason. That's right. (laughs) For teething purposes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Chew away. And then when that one, you know, is no longer viable, go get you another one. But, um, yeah, you never want to discourage them from that. And uh, that's a great point. Okay. So kind of along those lines, is there a set amount of time that children should be exposed daily to reading? Or just do it. I mean, what? There, yeah, you know, just do it. It's a great, it's a great um, <laughs> practice, best practice as well. Um, but there are recommendations for that. You know, for toddlers, um, you know, at minimum, at minimum, three to four days a week, about ten, about ten minutes each time. And uh, as parents, we need to um, cue into our our children, though. You know, ten minutes isn't going to work for every child. Some some toddlers will sit longer, others much shorter. So you don't make them, you know, sit there for ten minutes. I used to with my kids. A lot of times, <clears throat> I would read. And my kid wouldn't sit there with me, but for a couple minutes, they go, you know, walk around, play with toys in the room. But you sit there and you still read out loud to them, and they're listening. Mm, yes. Mm. And so you're 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 communicating to them that reading's still important. They're hearing your words, uh, which is extremely important. They hear language, and so and with preschoolers, they recommend um, same thing. You know, if you can do it every day, great. But at least three to four times. A week, um, you know, around 20 minutes, an older preschooler okay. can sit there. And, um, uh, but make it a routine. That's what's important. Um, make it a, a, a part of their bedtime routine and that sort of thing. Okay, so we've talked about books and we know that books are very important linked to literacy. But what about the other things that are out there, Dr. Devereaux, such as games and sounds and singing and art and, you know, all those other fun things. Do they play a role in promoting early literacy? They do. And, you know, lots of families don't even know they're doing it, but they are promoting literacy um, all throughout the day. And the great news about this is you can incorporate this into what you normally do each and every day. And so it's not that difficult. Like, you know, at family meals or bath time or while you're shopping, um, there's all sorts of different ideas. And, you know, um, the, 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 key, the key is to use different times and opportunities to help your children learn, because that's what it's about. So, you know, keep it simple. And you can do things like write a shopping list together. You give them a piece of uh, a paper and a crayon and just have them write on there too. You know, they're just scribbling or whatever, but you know, it's part of learning uh, mm. or having some I developmental like literacy in their lives and <clears throat> do rhyming games. You can, um, uh, uh, just, you know, if they've done art, help them explain that mm-hmm. art to you as a parent. Like, tell me about that. What is that? Even though, you know, it looks like a bomb might have blew up on the paper. You know? <laughs> But to them, it's a pretty sunset. So don't assume that it's what you think it is. Okay. But no, so yeah, the key is is interaction and getting them to communicate and and, 
Uh, something I used to do with my kids, we would have a lot of fun with this, is driving around the car and when they were starting to learn their alphabet and just having them, you know, look for an A or what's that letter on, on the license plate of a car yes. or whatever it may be. And, and then my favorite thing, and this is for older preschoolers, um, and kids love this, is, uh, is as you're reading as a parent, have them act out the story. Mm. And um, these are, that would be for oh, order. Yeah. You know, that's up my alley, right? Yes. Okay, I love drama <laughs> and acting. So, yeah, I'd like that part. That you'll, you'll find out if your child's introverted or extroverted. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great activity, though. Yeah, yeah. I did run across a statistic that was, it, it kind of was upsetting, honestly. Um, and, and unfortunately, what I was reading was that statistics show that children's vocabulary skills are are directly linked to their economic backgrounds um, i found on the naeyc which is the national association for the education of young children that by the time a child is three years old there's a 30 million word gap between children from the wealthiest of families to children of the poorest families and that was that really struck hmm. me, you know. That's a big gap. It's a huge gap. So, can you let us know of some resources or you know, what can families do that may find themselves in this gap? Yeah, absolutely. And if you, if I can, I, I want to explain something a, a little bit as it relates to early brain development and why there's this 30 million, you know, word oh, gap. Please. Okay. Yes. So just bear with me, but it's really interesting. So, you know, babies' brains um, have the most opportunity to grow and make connections and develop during their first five years of life. And, you know, when a baby's born, they're ready to learn any language. They don't know what language they're going to learn. And so obviously the, the country that you're, you're born in, you know, you're, you begin to learn how to speak that particular language with that particular, that accent. <clears throat> and that happens through reading and it happens through conversing. And that's why I mentioned earlier, it's so important that we, that we talk to our babies as much as we can. The, the thing is, is if, um, if babies, the part of their brains that deal with language development if, if that's not accessed, our brain sort of is, is very productive in the sense that it sometimes has a use it or lose it mentality. If you're not mm -hmm. going to use the part of the brain that deals with language development, it's, it's going to start sort of divert its resources to other parts of the brain. So it doesn't mean a child won't ever learn to read if you don't focus on that part of the brain much, but that's a lot of what's going on on um so it's the brain is like a muscle and it needs to be flexed so the uh -huh. more it hears words the, the better and the research shows us this through the children's defense fund they did a research study if you take a hundred kindergartners who are considered what we call below proficient in literacy skills not reading mm -hmm. but literacy skills uh, of those hundred kindergartens kindergartners only 10 will graduate from high school and only one of those will graduate from college mm. oh wow so that's how important reading is and so some examples of, of programs that are out there, there there's a lot but these are some particular ones and, and people could contact their their school system about some of these okay um, 
as they are connected, the school systems are connected to some of these programs, if, if not these others. But one is called Reading is Fundamental, or RIF, mm -hmm. and another one is called Wilson Language. And they're, they're research-based intervention programs, and, it, and it, it helps children sort of catch up. And it does, you know, they do have to devote quite a bit of time to these programs, you know, over several weeks. There's, there's teachers out there who um, are experts and been certified in, in these programs so they can work with students. And then some other examples is there's, a, there's no, le no Child Left Behind summer reading programs that are pretty rampant across yes. the, the country. Mm -hmm. Battery 100%. Connected to 55Q7733. From the day. And uh, you can add it to the, your child's library in your home. Okay. We're having a few technical difficulties. We hope you can still hear us. Can you? Okay. We're having a few technical difficulties. Can you hear us? I do now. Okay, awesome. We're just about done here, but we wanted to ask one more question. You know, one thing we really harp on is using screen time with young children um, and with adults. But let's face <laughs> it, all of us are using a lot more screen time lately. But what about devices? Do they help or hinder language development in children? Yeah, you, you sort of hinted at it, but and so I'll sort of say it too, but you know, let's be truthful truthful about this, um, learning through the use of technology is no longer really a choice for us. Right. Um, it's here to stay and we have to learn how to, to live with that. And so, um, so, you know, I like to use this analogy, just, you know, money, for example, is, is not good or bad. It's how you use it that makes it good or bad because you could mm -hmm. use it for inappropriate things or you can use it to you know help out somebody who's in need right right so same with technology um, we need to be utilizing best practices um, based on research to determine the best way to use technology to to enhance language development so and that's that's probably a work in progress to be honest and so there's um, you know research is being done on, on what those best practices might be but we you know one thing we definitely know is um what parents shouldn't be doing is giving a child a device and that you know that has maybe some kind of reading app on it or whatever it may be and then walk away oh, you know we as parents yeah. just like with a book <laughs> you need to be sitting down with them interacting with them asking questions getting them to ask questions and really make it um an interactive uh situation and and uh, and that goes with with all types of devices or technology whether it's um, literacy or, or any other type of content you're trying to learn but the more you can uh, 
have your child interacting with other people while they're while they're on a device the better mm -hmm. but we need to shy away from sense. just giving them a phone or a laptop or whatever it may be and and walking away so that's mm. yeah. one thing we definitely do. I yes. think that's great advice. Yes, it's, it's uh, we're both looking kind of guilty right now, but that's great advice. So, yeah, no, so now let's get really real with what we do as parents. No, that's another episode, Dr. Devereaux, and uh, we're out of time. Now, so I'll say just to all the parents listening, um, we get it, and that yeah. a lot of this stuff is easier said than done. Um, it takes practice and dedication as a parent to do these things. I had three children and remember it well, but you do have to make a commitment as an adult and realize the importance of what you can do as parents to help your children um, learn to read. Because remember, when your child gets to kindergarten and let's say they read their first word, remember they didn't just learn to read that day. They've been learning to read since they were born. Yeah. So remember that. You know, that's how they that's how they learn. They don't learn in twenty four hour time span. They learn over five years. That's a good reminder. It is, and a great point for us to end on. Doctor yes. Devereaux, thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to the day when we can sit with our guests in the same room <laughs> and not have any technical difficulties at all. That's what we're excited for one day. Well, I appreciate you guys doing this and, and getting the word out. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you. And thank all of our listeners for joining this episode. And in the words of Bob Marley, live the life you love. And love the life you live. Take care.